Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. It's my honor to serve up inspiration in the form of this podcast. So if you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button and join the Human Beauty Movement community. Okay, so I love stepping out of my comfort zone and learning about topics that I may have in the past have thought were a bit taboo. I realized that there are a lot of reasons why I thought that they were taboo, and it's mostly because I didn't fully understand them. So get ready to step into the mysterious with me. This is Taverly Anglin. Taverly is the founder of Witchfest, the largest event of its kind. Taverly is a spiritual coach, a social impact entrepreneur, a TikTok star, a modern feminist icon and a real life witch who helps people create their own realities and reclaim their sovereignty by pushing the edge of society's assumptions. As a witchcraft educator, she shows women how to take control of their innate spiritual gifts, reconnect to their bodies and reestablish connections to mother nature. Woo! Welcome, Taverly. Thank you for having me. It's so interesting to see you even in your body start to light up as we start to talk about this conversation. There's an electricity that I can feel coming from you, and this is good. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Well, I find this so fascinating. And as you mentioned, I just am intrigued and my energy does go up when I find things that I can, you know, satisfy my own curiosity and learn something new. So I would love for you to share the story of your own transformation. Mm -hmm. Such a great question that you ask and, and always so pertinent for people to understand that in my role in what I do in helping others cross the veil or go through their own transformation or remember their own inner power, it comes from personal experience, not just for myself, but you know, by now the thousands of people that I've worked with. But my transformation, like all of us, starts from the time we're born, right? We're always transforming. We're either fitting into the box that's been provided for us or we are pushing those edges. And for me, I've been pushing those edges since I was young, whether it is, you know, being a collegiate level athlete that comes from a very small town that, you know, pushed outside the boundaries of anything my family or community had experienced that way before into knowing that I had this ability to see what was coming before I did it. And I will say one of the biggest transformations in the path to really reclaiming what it means to be a witch was understanding that everybody receives information in their body differently. I just happen to see it. And so making decisions and doing hard things has been second nature, or it would appear on the, from the outside that it's been easy for me to navigate change. But the truth is, is I see it and I feel it and I trust it. And so my transformation happens in levels from starting to know that the gifts and the way that I show up in the world is unique and then deciding, okay, well, what does that mean? And how do I find more information to develop the parts of me that I'm starting to remember that I have forgotten over a lifetime of conditioning, old belief systems, the box that are everyone wants to put other people in because we don't know any different. And then I started, you know, taking teachings from shamans, instructors, different mystery schools, and really learned the tactical tools of understanding what it means to be a magical person and hint, hint, we're all magical. And so I just received these amazing amount of teachings like over years and years and years. And so I would say that my transformation continues because mm -hmm. there's always another level. 
we're not meant to know it all and you know be it all right now even me as a teacher i feel like the moment we stop becoming a student and understanding that transformation is ongoing is the moment that we're we're dying so transformation is an ongoing process and so that's sort of a short version of understanding that what i've had in me has not been something new it's just been unlocked and mm -hmm. i remembered Mm, what a profound way to describe it. So for those who aren't familiar or may have had some preconceived notions of what a witch is, would you help to shed light on what mm -hmm. is a witch? And I, this is, I could talk for hours on this topic, but really simply to me, a witch of any gender is just a person that has access to wisdom, wisdom through the plants, wisdom through the spirit realm, wisdom through our body, wisdom through our heart, wisdom through any of our intuitive gifts. It's just an individual with access to wisdom because not all witches cast spells and do rituals. Not all witches, you know, tap into their psychic gifts or their seer gifts or their knowing gifts. A witch is just an individual that has access to wisdom. And when we boil it down to that and we shed Hollywood's, <clears throat> you know, beliefs on, on how we've been convinced of witches, if we shed that and we shed this old idea that a woman in her full power is a threat, if we take those away and just boil it down to access to wisdom, it changes the charge in the word, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely does, because society has indeed weaponized against women's power and against feeling that I almost think about when I was growing up and in religion, we would always say the word pagan, like it was mm -hmm. a bad thing. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things about witches or dark magic, and it would always be associated with something that's evil or unclean or sinful or whatnot. Can you enlighten a little bit more about mm. why you think that that has happened? And what is it about society that has caused this to to be? I mean, this goes way back. This is a really deep area of study that anyone can embark on to understand how when different religions were formed, that they were formed by men. And when a man in power wants to have their belief system adopted by the society, they need control. And the best way to exert control is to take half of the population and make them less than. And then take the other half of the population and tell them that if you don't do it this way, you're going to have consequences that will lead to a negative afterlife, right? This is a long time ago, and those beliefs still exist in religion today. Mm -hmm. And all of that, at the truth of it, has nothing to do with God, right? Because we know that that God is is always within us. I mean, how many times does the Bible tell us God is within us? God is always with us. If we take that piece, and that's just one small piece, if we take that piece, it goes against all of society's conditions around power, around sovereignty. And if you look at the history of the amount of women that have been persecuted and killed for being even just accused of being a witch, it's mostly because they were using plants as medicine or they were midwives or they owned their own land. You know, it's a wild thought to know that it was within my lifetime that it was still illegal back in the 70s for a woman to have a mortgage without a man's name. It was a federal law in the United States that a woman could not take out a mortgage without a man's name. Mm -hmm. My lifetime. Mm -hmm. So this transition of the idea of why 
you know, witches are bad. It's just another way to suppress. It's just another suppression tool. And then of course we have Hollywood that wants to make (laughs) witches either flying on brooms or, you know, casting spells and harming others. Well, you know, there is a lot of different ways in which humans show up in this world. And yes, there are witches who work what we call the left-hand path or work with magic against others' free will. But you know what? We all do that anyway. If we forget that our words are magic and we speak harmful about someone else or we gossip, isn't that the same as someone sitting down and saying, I wish this to happen, even if it violates the free will of another human? I mean, we do this as a society. Mm -hmm. We harm each other all the time. And Mm -hmm. those are lessons that we're learning as humans to be better and transcending our own ways of creating destruction. So there are many ways in which witches can be classified as something dark and evil, but every single human has the ability to experience and do things that are considered dark and evil, which are not. Yeah, absolutely. I found the book Sapiens to be very Mm eye-opening and very Mm -hmm. helpful as far as understanding the power rubric that went into religion, number one. Of course, witchery was part of it. You know, there's a whole lot of that book, but there there was definitely um, an aspect of, you know, why the subduing of women served men and served society in terms of Mm -hmm. power and organization in it's always follow the money, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. we see it now. I mean, the rise of the of those that have been suppressed is happening in a multitude of ways. It's not just for women. It's mm-hmm. for people of color. If It's for those that have been disenfranchised. It's for those that don't identify with a specific gender. All of these movements are happening at the same time. And what's happening, and this will be kind of an interesting topic, is while that's happening, it's taking people away from traditional religion. Mm-hmm. Because people are starting to remember their power, remember who they are, remember this access to their own wisdom center that lives within them. And it doesn't matter to me if you call it God, goddess, the universe, Buddha, right? Whatever it is that this external source that religion wants you to believe in actually lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. And this is what's happening. This is why people are moving away from needing to go between four walls to pray, but instead being able to sit in the grass or mm-hmm. sit with yourself to pray. It's an interesting big change that's happening in our world. It's absolutely fascinating. And I think that um, in speaking with a number of people who talk about this as a period of ascension, and it's like mm-hmm. all of this is like ebbing up and coming up from the earth. And we're recognizing that there is this, you have to uncover, you have to shed light on what has happened in order for people to wake up and remember who they are, remember their power, and they can do it in droves and numbers and try to, and I think a lot of people are realizing the conditioning that has happened by society that has kept them small or kept them subdued and kept them low. And it's fascinating to see what has happened. And that's one of the things that I am working on right now as part of my mission, this radical inclusivity, this acceptance, this love of, you know, humans in all forms and whatever their beliefs are, whatever their genders are, whatever their ages and who they love, there's beauty in everything that we are doing. If only we could realize our own power and love ourselves for who we truly are inside. And you know what? You shine. You shine with that that love that you are interacting with the world. It comes through your spirit and I can feel it from you. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing and seeing me. That's mm-hmm. very that's very kind of you. Now let's talk about the fact that there are all of these wonderful rituals that do go along with being a witch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some are not necessarily what people would necessarily equate with, with witchcraft, things like nutrition or breath work. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Yes. 
I consider myself a ritualist at heart. And in fact, we all are. <laughs> we use rituals all day, every day in our existence, even if you don't realize it. I work with the ancient teachings. I do rituals and teach rituals that have been done by humans for thousands and thousands of years that bring a different vibration into your body. And we can do this in many ways. And I would love to give you a ritual example if you're open to that. Yes. You just brought up beauty in all its forms. And there is a really beautiful ritual that I won't talk about the hand movements because there's a lot of different mudras and hand movements that go with it. But the text, the words that we speak and every high priestess that comes through mystery school with me learns this ritual and it's called the beauty way. And here are the words. And I, I might invite you if you're with me to just close yeah. your eyes and receive. Mm. Just take a nice deep breath in your nose. A slow exhale. And wherever you're seated, just envision this vibration coming through your body as I speak the words. Beauty in front of me. Beauty behind me. Beauty to the right of me. Beauty to the left of me. Beauty above me. Beauty below me. Beauty within me. Taking a deep breath, bring your hands to your heart center. You can just gently open your eyes and recognize that you just honored, that you are surrounded every moment of the day by beauty. If you just take a moment to breathe and recognize that it's in front of you, behind you, to the right of you, to the left of you, above you, below you, and within you. There, you just learned a ritual called Beauty Way. That was true magic. <laughs> I felt my vibration completely shift to a place of calm, the nurturing tenor of your voice, the breath coming in and out, and just the, the sensorial and feeling and belief that you are being surrounded by beauty. And to me, that's magic. It has to be felt, right? As someone who is a seer, you know, people might say, well, how, how does that work? How do I turn that on for myself? How do I bring these gifts into my body? And the truth is you have to feel it. You can read books, you can listen to, you know, shows, but unless you start experiencing it, you don't even know what's possible. And breath and food or, or breath and what we consume mm -hmm. has a direct impact on how aligned our body is at any moment to receive the unseen worlds. So for example, I talk a lot in my communities about eating more light-filled foods. Mm. So foods that contain light, it's more than just nutrition, it's a vibration. Mm. So if you are consuming something that's still alive, you're bringing life force into your body through mm -hmm. that food. Now I'm a burger girl, so it's not that I do that all the time, but I will My say that- My raw vegan friends are rejoicing <laughs> with your work right now. <laughs> I, but I, I believe so firmly in the vibration of the foods that we consume. And even if we consume foods at a restaurant that somebody else has made and their hands have touched that food, mm -hmm. we forget that it holds energy, right? Energy, we consume it in our body. And same thing with water. I'm holding this glass of water that has holy water in it. I put a few drops of holy water and I give a blessing to the water that has come from the earth in some way, shape or form, birthed from the earth. We can't make water. We can change it and bring it in, but we can't make water. So this water comes from the earth. So I thank it before I drink it. Mm -hmm. I focus on my breath 
often as a way to determine how my body feels. And so these are all tools that we use to truly be able to access what magic is possible, what magic we can create, because that's where things get really interesting when you start working with the energy of your own inner witch is what can you possibly create that you would not be able to create unless you were in tune with your own self, your own spirit. Mm. And then once somebody is in tune, you talk about our bodies as vessels of knowledge. Can you say Mm. more about that? (laughs) Well, here's a wild thing. What if I was to tell you that everything that you do, almost everything you do on your cell phone right now, (laughs) used to be done by your body. Mm. Meaning our bodies used to be the technology that told us the weather, the pulse of the collective energy, what's happening. The idea if there's a neighboring tribe that's having an issue that needs help, if someone in our family needs love, or if we desire something, I mean, we only had our bodies as the vessel. And now over hundreds of years, we are so out of touch with our bodies and we rely upon external things to tell us what we need to know. And yet everything that you need to know is already within you. If you know how to get silent and still long enough to remove external noise and listen. Mm -hmm. And so our bodies truly are a vessel of knowledge. There isn't anything that you want to know about what's coming in your life, what you desire to create, what you've experienced, where is your trauma stored, all of this, your family history, your past lives, it all lives within the cells of your body. And when we don't address it, especially trauma, anxiety, and fear, wherever it lives in our body, it will come out skewed right? We know this, right? Health-wise, we know the science, you know, the medical community knows that if we do not process a lot of these emotions that we bury within our body, if we don't process it, it comes out skewed in the form of illness or different types of health issues. And yet, where do you go to learn how to listen more deeply to what's going on in your body at any point in time? This is why I do what I do. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, well, that's a good question because I think that a lot of people don't take those quiet moments. They Mm -hmm. look for distractions. They look to be entertained. They look for the dynamism of modern society. And that's just the way that they were conditioned to be. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, this concept of meditation, which is now taking the world by storm, thank goodness, people are trying to do what they can to preserve their mental health, their emotional wellness. What choice do they have? We've gotten to this place where it's, it's, about preservation. (laughs) Yeah. And and meditation isn't for everyone. I will, with the significant quantity of people that I've worked with, I can tell you that probably 50% of those that come through mystery school have find meditation hard. And I say that it's not actually needing to do a meditation that matters as much as it matters to cut external noise away for periods of time every day to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. And It's uncomfortable for a lot of people to be detached, to completely untether from any external influence. It's a process and it is a big part of the process in terms of being able to truly access your own wisdom centers is knowing how to do that and knowing that it's going to take time, giving yourself grace and understanding that the first little while that you do that, you're probably going to spend most of your quiet alone time reviewing your to-do list or your grocery list is going to be going on in your mind and your journal is going to turn into like, these are the 25 things I got to do today. But I promise you in time, if you implement this stillness practice with just breathing and give your mind the freedom to process what it needs, it will eventually run out of mental processing and allow you to listen a little deeper. But it takes a commitment to your own growth to understand that that's important. 
Mm, beautiful. And you talk about a five-step process to uncovering spiritual gifts. Would you mind sharing a little bit of that with us? Mm-hmm. Well, the first one is what I just described. Step number one, make sure that you find and create a practice in your life. And I mean every day, at least once a day for 10 minutes with no external noise, no influence, no people, no energy allowed in your field other than yours. Step number one, every single day, I like to give this type of ritual to be done in a 21 day period. So commit to yourself for 21 days to spend 10 minutes a day with no outside influence. Number two, open your journal and free write. So free writing, again, is going to come those grocery lists, those to do things, the things that you want to get done or that you've dreamt about, but you haven't taken time to write, you know, this will happen, it'll come out. But again, 21 days of free writing, and you can take it up a level if you're already used to this, if you already have a practice, you can take it up a level by asking your spirit allies a very specific question. Maybe it's something as simple as what do I need to know today? Or how do I develop more of my own inner knowing or what am I not seeing clearly in my life or what guides are with me or God, what do you want me to know? And so if you think of this, this is, I'm giving you a ritual. You'll see these steps coming together. Step one is 10 minutes of stillness and silence. Step two is allowing yourself time to journal. And then step three is, can be a couple of different ways, but I'm going to say, start speaking your truth. Be really firm in to yourself. Own the things that you have started to put in the shadows, the things that you hide, the things that you don't want to acknowledge that's true about you. Number four, get deeply in touch with your body, whether it's yoga, walking, create some type of movement so your body is getting activated. It's that heat, right? It's heat, mm-hmm. right? I don't even know what number step I'm on. <laughs> Where is that from? There's, there's a couple of different ways to approach this and I'm, I'm trying to create this in a nice ritual that um, people can implement. So be in stillness, free write, speak your truth, move your body. And then number five, this is really, really important. You have to learn how you receive. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, we all receive in our body many different ways. How I receive information from the spirit world is going to be very different than you, Jennifer. And there's no right or wrong. It's innately we have different gifts that are available to us, like our innate spirit, our, you know, what we've been born with is going to be different for everyone. There are headings that people like to give these, right? Like clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient. Yeah. Honestly, none of that really matters to me. It can be a combination in many different ways. Like for example, I say to you that I'm a seer. Some people see themselves above a situation like they're looking in. Some people see a reel playing like a video on their mind. Some people see still pictures. Some people see in color, some see in black and white. Mm -hmm. So even in the field of being a seer, there's a lot of unique ways that you experience it. And the best way to practice how you receive information is to amplify your current senses right? How often do you sit with your eyes closed in the dark and listen to the noise in your home, right? How often do you focus on, we'll go back to the beauty, the beauty and the colors all around you, which helps your vision field. Mm -hmm. How often do you trust your gut, right? Your inner knowing might be so strong that you know the truth and yet you don't trust it. So learning to amplify what your body already tells you in terms of intuition, which everyone has, right? This is an innate thing that all humans have. So number five is really learning how to receive. And of course, I will say there's lots of different ways you can do that, but amplify your current senses and start testing it, play with it. And those five steps will launch you into a different world. You'll be like, there's a simple thing I was going to do, like sit in stillness and journal and move my body and, and start working on my senses. And wow, everything in my entire life has just changed. 
I start experiencing synchronicities. I've had questions and all of a sudden I get the answer. Books fly off shelves, right? Like, right, because you're changing your vibration. And when you do that and you change your vibration, then magic unfolds. That is so powerful. Thank you it, so much for sharing. It feels sharing. like it was short. I feel like I could give more, but that's a short intro. I think that that's brilliant. It's, it's actionable and it's something that I think that everybody can very easily remember. So thank you so much for those tips. Now, you also talk about ways that you can use this power and change the way that you're making decisions. Could you speak a little mm. bit more about that? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question, Jennifer. This is for you. We'll use you as an example. Sure. When was the last time you had to make a decision about something in your life or your business or your podcast? When let's come up with an example. Give us an example. Oh gosh, this constantly happens. One mm -hmm. thing that is always big, which a lot of entrepreneurs go through is, okay, is it time to, for me to look for external resources in terms of mm -hmm. investments? Mm -hmm. And so, okay. So have you made that decision yet? Or is, is it still processing? The decision has been made and it's in the works right okay. now. Okay. So let me ask you this question. How did you make that decision? Did you make a pro and con list? Did you do research? How did you make the decision? I will say that most of it was feeling. It was mm -hmm. a sense like it's time. I do have a bit of intuitive sense of knowing like this is a really good time. Things are working really well. Now is the time to step into the positive and ask because this is forward momentum going. And then part of it is the practicality of knowing business and, you know, leaning into some of my background and saying, okay, these are the steps that I'm going to take in order to do this in this way. So I would say mostly it was feeling like it's divine timing. And then secondarily, I think that I leaned on some of my past experience. So you basically just gave the whole solution. There you go. <laughs> you oh, just okay. gave the, the, the ritual and the medicine. Here's, here's, right, there's, there's several steps when you're making big decisions. And it's often hard when we don't have tools developed to first come to our body right? Like you knew it was time. You said you knew and you are very intuitive. So it's not, you have a little bit, you have a lot, you are very intuitive. And all of us have the ability to access that intuition. If we slow down long enough and you'll see what I'm doing here is I'm putting one hand on my heart and one hand really low on my belly. Mm -hmm. And in this position, in this moment with myself, even in just this one moment, I can ask myself a simple question and my body is going to immediately give me an answer. And our job is to listen, mm. right? Because if you have an answer about funding in your business and I come on the show and I say, uh, entrepreneurs should never do that. This is a better way. I'm an expert. I've been doing it for 20 years. Do it this way. You have to trust that you know how you felt as opposed to what somebody outside of your field comes into you and points at you. Now mm. it's information. It can be an information point, but it's not the solution because if you do this part first, you already know what feels true to you. And maybe when you have additional information, you might ask that question again. Now that I've got a new input of information, does mm -hmm. that feeling still feel the same? And then of course, once we know that feeling is the same, we create inspired action. That's mm -hmm. in spirit action, mm -hmm. right? In spirit action, which means we're trusting that ourselves we're trusting that we will know the next right step to take one step at a time and that requires a little bit of slowing down when it comes to decisions a little slowing down i, I will tell you there are a couple of big decisions that are happening in my business right now in, in the mystery school a lot of new programs and really big projects like witch fest coming up and so i'm constantly being put in the position of making decisions big decisions and I follow this process every time. And oftentimes, if I don't feel a clear answer, 
I take myself into a timeout. I go put my feet in the grass. I go sit by a tree. I will talk out loud to my spirit guides and just say, hey, this isn't clear yet. I'm not gonna take any action until it's clear. And then in time, I always know it's just a matter of going a little slower. Mm, that is so profound because I think that so many times in life, you're you're right. People are looking for other people to have guidance on what I mm-hmm. what people should do, what is the right move, what is the right step. Even people listening to podcasts, and there might be other episodes where there's advice given. Unless you feel that it is really right for you, sit with it. Don't just take blind mm-hmm. guidance from anyone because it's definitely not going to fit you a hundred percent of the time it's something that you really have to know deep down inside and you're right it takes a while for you to feel secure enough in your knowing and to just be confident in the fact that you have all the answers they're just waiting for you and that's a muscle right that you flex to know because i can come to my body pretty quick and make decisions pretty quick because i have these tools these rituals that allow me to sink into knowing what a yes feels like in my body and Mm -hmm. what a no feels like in my body. I know what that feels like. So when I need an answer, I can go to that tool, but it does take some time, like anything that we do that's new to be able to trust and build the confidence up. That's like a muscle. I also feel like outside information, when it's practice, yes. Yeah, which is why rituals matter, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why rituals matter. I also think the idea of gaining knowledge from other people is not bad. We all learn from lots of people and it's just an input, right? It's just an input of, information, but it doesn't need to be your decision maker. And it's kind of interesting in my position in a mystery school that teaches very specific lineage. And I initiate people into very specific lineage. And yet I always say at the end of the day that you do what's right for you. Like you may disregard everything that I teach you and just take the activation piece away and make it work for you. Cause you don't often see that in a lot of spiritual communities. It's this is your path. I mean, dogma, right? Religious dogma, even in spiritual communities, there's dogma. You need to do it this way in this position, these words. Well, maybe you learn it that way, but then do with it what you will, what suits you. Exactly. And so now when somebody is doing their ritual, they're on their practice, they're starting to feel themselves. How do they know? What does it really look like when they're in that higher vibration? Mm, well, it looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it, it, it looks like days filled with flow, ease, mm. grace, and joy. And not because it's not hard, right? We are going to experience hard things I like to say that it doesn't matter if you're a witch, you're spiritual, you're religious, or you're none of those things, we're all still going to get rained on. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to experience the rain. The difference is, are you going to put an umbrella up and grumble about it? Or are you going to go put your body in the rain and let the beautiful water that is literally falling down from the sky (laughs) cleanse your body and rebirth something different, right? So we have to remember that there's going to be hard things that are going to come. The tools that we develop, especially when you own this word, which the Mm -hmm. tools that automatically come with this inner knowing that come with the lineage of witches that have done this work before us, their spirits, their energy comes into your field. So then your days are different. You see and experience the world differently. It's like technicolor, right? It's like everything's in technicolor. And not to say that sometimes that technicolor, you know, that ohm you're sitting on, you just get hijacked. I call it when your ohm gets hijacked (laughs) because something goes sideways and your ohm is hijacked and you're like, oh my goodness, I teach about this a lot. How do you develop your own cheat sheet of how to create realignment? 
And you might need this five times a day, you might need it five times a year, but you can create your own list of what to do to get back into vibration when we just get kicked off of it a little bit because everyone will. And so it looks like to me, a life of pursuing joy, pleasure, happiness. To me, I find hard work joyous. So to me, when I work hard, that is joy for me. And mm -hmm. for some people, it's not that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would also say there's one word that really comes to mind when I think about living in magic in every moment, and that's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. You Freedom. are your own being. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, Witch Fest is coming up. Can you tell mm -hmm. us about what Witch Fest is? Oh my gosh, Witch Fest is so magical. This is our second year. We have this massive mystical market that opens up at a theme park in Denver called Elitch Gardens. And I bring in high priestesses from all across the United States and we actually lead real live rituals on stage. And there's magical events happening throughout the whole night. But when we do this live portion of these rituals, these are rituals that aren't ever done in public otherwise. And we had 11.1 thousand people come through the event last year. So we're holding two nights this year. And it's one of those really interesting things that people get the chance to feel something that words can't describe, right? That's mm -hmm. what it's like. You know, it's everyone's phones were up at the start of the event when we were coming out on stage. And by the end of it, everybody's phones were down. Half of the audience had their eyes closed and a hand on their heart. Mm -hmm. because we do these rituals and then i also do an honoring of the dead at a time when the veil is the thinnest in october so it's amazing and if you can't attend it's fine i'm leading a class for you to be able to taste your own magic before witch fest which will be in the energies of witch fest and there's lots of different ways that you can get involved with what's happening during witch fest because it's the energy and the container we're opening for this work is taking place across the world so there's lots of ways to get involved Oh, beautiful. Well, Tarly, I think it's no coincidence that we're here together on the day of the full moon or mm -hmm. a new moon. So <laughs> I want to thank you so much for imparting all of these words and helping to really help others understand the beauty of what it is to be a witch. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer.